I should have a sign in front of me that says proper English required. <laughs> but then I overthink things. It's like when you read a word too many times and you're like, right. is this even a word anymore? <laughs> I remember uh, one of my first design jobs, I had to change the font of the word bear into like this bigger font. And I was choosing different fonts to use. And then I was convinced after looking at it for about five to 10 minutes that the way that I was spelling bear was just completely incorrect. And then I, I actually looked it up in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, let's see, 14 days since our last recording. <laughs> Partially because it took me about 14 days to edit the last episode. So the astute listener may have noticed that, well, if you had noticed any slight difference in the show last week, uh, that was because Sam edited the show for the very first time. It was so difficult. It was so, so hard. When you say hard, do you mean like difficult or just like time consuming? The initial part was me getting used to editing audio. It's been a really long time since I edited like audio in a serious level, in a serious, in a, in a professional level. So you get into the micro level of getting rid of the ums, making sure the timing of like what we say is not boring. Which you might find hard to believe listening to previous shows, but no, a lot of work goes into this. <laughs> uh, getting rid of like the gasps and we talk over each other a lot. So we have to make sure that whenever that happens, you either get rid of the other person. I, you also get familiar with like the audiographs, like the sound waves. Yes, of... I can. I can now totally tell an um and a laugh just by and looking my at laugh, the sound wave. My laugh is like so distinct. Oh, it is. It's so like perfectly structured. It's like staccato it's and then fades away. <laughs> yep, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Now I'm shy. Now I don't want to laugh. <laughs> I just can't get out a clean sentence as well. Mm. I, there'll be a large breath intake before a sentence or at the end of a sentence. Like I will... I am quite irritating to edit myself, <laughs> which is fine if it's me, and then you have to come in and do it. Right. And then you say, like, the most important bit at the end of the sentence, like, right when I say something, <laughs> which has been, like, do I keep it or do I just, like, get rid of it? I now have a uh, very high level of respect for your skill and the oh, amount that you've been doing it. So, well, Sam, uh, you, are, kudos. You, are, you are too kind. Okay, let's have a look at some updates that we have. So we talked briefly about upfronts. Nope, newsfronts. Well, if new... Oh, Jesus. Fronts. Fronts. New fronts and old fronts and the Republic of France. <laughs> right. So I'm going to put, put a link in the show notes in case you care what new fronts are. Um, Digiday had exactly this. WTF is news, new fronts mm. and they kind of go into it. And I think we were pretty close. It's a it's the kind of digital video equivalent of upfronts, which are mm -hmm. what the TV networks do when they are about to release a new season of shows. I think it usually happens early in the year, and they present it to a bunch of people who want to advertise on that show. And I think that's mm -hmm. where they work out things like product placement and you know what cars are Coulson going to drive in Agents of Shield? Are they going to be Lexus or are they going to be BMW? And mm. uh, well, they turn out that they're going to be Lexus. Well done, Toyota. <laughs> so this this new fronts is the kind of the same idea except that in this case the difference is that with broadcast media tv shows primetime tv there is you know scarcity in the market there's only so many primetime tv shows so advertisers are almost clamoring to get in but with digital video 
there's like too much content, right? If you think mm. about all this shit on YouTube. So it's kind of a different dynamic, but it's I think they're trying to make it kind of a similar deal to the upfronts. Huh. I wonder if they're taking the right steps. Like they're they're following a paradigm that's been established and kind of archaic in the TV world. Yes. Yes, it One was described as arch- archaic in that article. I wonder if they should just try something new rather than um doing this sort of format. Like I feel this is not the right way to do things. Um for example, like Amazon has this great way to vet their shows. I don't know if it's like a vetting of shows or if it's just simply for advertising. What Amazon does is every once in a while during like um, pilot season, they actually have these funded pilots all available to watch. And they're essentially letting Prime users or Fire TV users Hello there. Uh, have a say in what shows are going to be more popular than others. And so they have all these shows. Like, I think Bosch was actually one of those pilot shows. Mm, right, yeah. Which makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? When you have, you're not restricted by the number of hours you can broadcast. You could right. have a hundred shows go mm-hmm. starting all at once. Well, yeah, why not let the audience decide? And that probably gives you a better indication of what's, what's going to be popular, what TV shows to fund, which to, you know, not, not renew. So I thought that they did something a little bit more revolutionary than this, just copying an old sort of... The old media, um, yeah, way. and mm-hmm. trying to get advertisers up front rather than going with the flow and sort of earning uh, the advertising dollars with actual views. I do have an update. I have a I have a ninja of the week. Oh my gosh! Can we reveal it live on air? Are you going to paste it into the doc? I'm waiting here on tenterhooks, looking at this Google Doc. Let's see. I have the the thing there. Boom. Well, actually, I should know what the fucking yeah. Tumblr oh. address is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, this is my favorite so far. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a quick sketch i think i'm getting comfortable with the gestures a little bit more uh i like the the, the cross hatching on the uh, the sword handle as well That's uh nice if you have you ever seen an actual ninja sword no they have cross hatching the handles are cross hatch for grip yeah okay i think isn't that all swords again i'm uh, showing my sword stupidity right now uh no uh samurai swords uh, particularly the ones that they used for a killing uh, are particularly cross-hatched here. Let me send you a link. You know, I was about to go and just look at a photo. Oh. Yeah, now that I see it, I see exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I was going to try and draw him without the mask, but I don't think I should. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it is summer and it's very hot, but... That's fine. <laughs> right. God, he must be boiling under that mask. <laughs> right. It must be a linen mask <laughs> for the summer. So are you you're back on the ninja wagon? I am. Excellent. I'm back on I was gonna say something clever in regards to like ninjas coming out of hiding, but Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Alright. Out of the shadows. And he's back. <laughs> Oh, should we talk about Brexit? Hmm. I was wondering about that. I feel like the time has passed a little bit because the timing of our show has been that we sort of missed the initial fallout and then we haven't recorded a show for a while. Well, so. actually, we recorded on the day, on like the week that it happened. So it will happen and then it, we recorded. Yeah. But I don't yeah. want to bring it up. <laughs> well, thank you. 
But I feel at the same time, it's can we just gloss over it? Like the, mm. you do have a British person on this podcast. This is true, which is me, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I am obviously I'm lost for words, which is not great in a podcast. Uh, the thing is, though, you know, I'm also haven't really spent much time in England for the last three and a half years. So right. I have also, it feels at the same time deeply personal, but I'm also removed from it as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not sure there's too much to say about it. I did want to just mention a few a few things, a few shows, a few podcasts on a video that are, I think, worth listening to. Uh, first of all is the Creative Coding Podcast, which we have talked about previously on this show. Um, two British guys. And there is an episode they did called Brexit Shellshock. And of course, we'll link to all these in the show notes, which I think is a fairly visceral, raw reaction to to what happened. I think, you know, they were deliberately not trying to talk about it. And then they just got inevit- inevitably sucked into this this thing. So that's worth listening to. Um, the other one was uh, Exponent, uh, which again, another show we've talked about before, which you know, pretty much takes a you know, more business, sociological, political analysis of things. And it, and it does the same for the, the Brexit situation. Uh, it's called Ballots versus Guillotines. That is also worth checking out, I think. Their perspective is also removed. You know, it's uh, an American and an Australian, I think. You know, but they live in Taiwan and the States. They have an interesting perspective on that, kind of looking at it at a more, more global level. Uh, and then finally, your favorite of mine, CGP Grey, has done a video called Brexit Briefly. So if all of this is kind of bewildering to you, and it is to me as too, he's done a uh, a nice little video of A, what happened, and then yeah, B, what are the options, what could happen next if he was trying to place a bet, like what odds would he give to you know this outcome, that outcome, and and kind of give these reasons around that. So that is also worth checking out. This is this is what CGP Grey actually does, right? Is that he makes these videos, right? We we talk about him mostly as a podcaster, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, he is actually known for you know these very quick talking, short, pithy, uh, educational videos, and he has a whole bunch of them, and they're all you know very well done, well researched, well scripted. So, well, I'll take a look at it. Um, but yeah, yeah I think <clears throat> the reason why I didn't bring it up is because obviously the sensitivity there, but. I, I also didn't want to oust you, and I'm saying this as a complete joke, because <laughs> you are known to say that you, you, you dislike England and you dislike Europe. This is true. <laughs> so I, I was going to start it off by saying, so Edwin, you as a person who hates the UK and Europe, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Brexit? I would say that, you know, even as a person who doesn't really want to live in England or Europe, I still want the best for, for those countries and right. That's that continent that I called home for thirty years. Um, yeah, I may not want to live there anymore, but you know, I still have very strong ties to it, and I still have. And you still identify yourself as a British person, and I and I always will be. Yeah. So yeah. you know, um, yes, I do. My shtick is that I don't <laughs> care for <laughs> for the UK and, uh, and and Europe, but you know what I really mean is. You know, I don't want to live there, but, you know, I still feel a great deal of attachment, loyalty, mm-hmm. um, fondness for it, for those for those places. Of course. So, yes. <laughs> but no, good call. Thank you, Sam. 
I appreciate you keeping me honest. Yeah, I and it would have been horribly bad like if I did bring it up and you're like, yeah, fuck those countries. <laughs> so Sam, can you do you can you vote in the uh, presidential elections? I cannot. Fuck me neither. Yeah, uh, we're fucked. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's save that for another show. Uh, I will say that I have really stopped following the news as much as I used to. I started wondering why the hell I was doing it, and I didn't have a good answer is it better to be aware or is it i don't know i don't think it is to be honest like, yeah it's a strange feeling though because you're like well this is important and yep. i should know about it mm. and then the flip side is well is that actually making your life any better like is it actually you know is there anything a is there anything you can do about it and generally the answer is no and b like if it's making you miserable and making your life worse why would you do that? Yeah, I almost want like a friend, like a good friend to just tell me about what all the shit that's been happening so that I can then turn to, to turn to that friend and say, what are we going to do? And then that friend goes, it's going to be okay. Yeah, she's like a reassurance as a service. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a million dollar idea right there. I'd pay $9.99 a month for that. Someone to come over, stroke your hair and go, it'll be okay, Sam. It's like fancy hands for your soul. Like, I need a hug. Someone will be right over. Podcast of the week. Podcast. Oh, my days. Oh, this my is lord. Podcast, I feel like this is podcast of the month. I'm going to say year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Best podcast of 2015 slash 2016. <laughs> they did start last year, right? It did. It started in October last year. Why haven't I heard of it until now? Right. Right. I kind of don't. I kind of don't want to binge listen to it because I'm savoring each one. <laughs> I was, I'm the opposite. I've binged completely on it and I've re-binged. <laughs> so you've completely blown your load. Oh, totally. <laughs> Several times, in fact. <laughs> Whenever Sandra and I talk about the show now, we actually use the terms from the show. <laughs> the podcast of the year is called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> Hashtag porno day. Hashtag porno day. So the first interesting thing is this is a British podcast. Mm, perhaps the first one that I've listened to for a long time. And it's properly British. It's Yes, there's no Americans, Australians mm -hmm. hanging out in the corners, muddying up the language. Nope, it's all very British. Three British people. Uh, one of them, Jamie Morton, his dad has written an erotic... Mm, they literature call, they call it erotic literature but it's not literature it's more of a novella <laughs> a pamphlet if you will an erotic pamphlet and each week they read well he reads one chapter uh to his friends who haven't heard that chapter yet um alice levine and james i'm blanking on his last name i'm sorry they don't do a good job of introducing the people actually they, they, they start yeah over. they start doing it in the later shows like from episode five onwards but yeah to start uh, with the first few episodes yeah, yeah they just mentioned their first names yeah and the two guys i get confused sonically like they don't their voices aren't that different oh one is more gruff one yeah, is more yeah, delicate so I think I'm <laughs> yeah i'm kind of dialing into that difference but to begin with it yeah uh i kind of did get confused between them and oh my god this is oh god this is the most just eye-watering thing i have ever heard in my life it is incredible 
Yeah, I couldn't. I can't control myself whenever I listen to it. I'm on the. I'm on the bus listening. Uh, you to can't this. listen to this in, in public transport. Like you just cannot. I'm just this disgusting, gibbering, <laughs> tear-stained wreck on the subway. So much like everyone else, really. Uh, but, right. Oh God. Oh God. You're describing the common person coming from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> there's almost there's nothing to say except you have to hear it. I can't. Right. I don't think I can even begin to do this justice. Just give that season one, episode one, 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. And yep. I, I don't know, I was instantly hooked and um, then proceeded to binge on, you know, they do, I think there's 12, 12 episodes in the mm-hmm. first season and they've just started season two a few weeks ago. I think they're up to episode four. So every Monday, a new episode comes out. It's simply amazing. Um, dear listener, we'll give you an opportunity to listen to this. Yes. Uh, and then we'll get into the details in another show. The, the bits and pieces that we absolutely love and must speak about. Yeah. But I think it's the perfect fusion of topic and and presenters because, oh my God, this this book that his dad has written is oh, indescribable. It's in, <laughs> I can't even say it, indescribable, really. It's <laughs> so, it's so bad. It's, it kind of has it's amazing. completed the loop that's gone back to amazing, right? Yeah. And the presenters themselves are hilarious as well. And they, yeah, they have this, I feel like they are pretty old friends because they do, as you listen to it, they're like more and more stuff is revealed about them. Like they think they went right. to university together and stuff like that. So they do have a history. They, they vibe, vibe very well. They play very yeah. well off each other. Mm-hmm. And. But I do think like one of them is actually a professional presenter, right? I believe at least two of them work mm. for the BBC. Right. Perhaps not in... I think Alice Levine is a, works on the presenting side. I think mm-hmm. some of the others work on the production side. So this is still an independent show. Like it's not part of any yeah. larger network. What I gathered, it was like their side project. Yeah. and it's and it, But it's well made. So it's, yep. it's nicely done. So hopefully a bit like this... Sh- show <laughs> go run run to your podcatchers right now and subscribe anything else any other shows any other podcasts you've been listening to i must admit that it's kind of spoiled all other podcasts for yeah. me. this like now i don't want to listen to anything else this really like it's that's actually very true and nothing else is exciting or as funny yeah i kind of went back and listened to like oh, a bit of accidental tech podcast and i was like oh <laughs> they're yeah. talking about tech shit where's peter rouse when you need him <laughs> I'm still, I'm my my head's still at Jim Sterling. Oh God, Jim Sterling, the vole. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, their Instagram is also worth checking out. Uh, Instagram.com forward slash my dad wrote R. Uh. Right, because um, they can't yeah. have the word porno on Instagram. <laughs> right. Yeah, they have some uh, good fan art submitted. Oh no, Buzz, Buzzfeed did some illustrations for them. So there's <laughs> there's some pictures of uh, trellises and. Uh, Irish singers. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but spoilers alert. So you know, listen to the show first, and then go check out the Instagram. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh my god! It's so good. Oh my days! So actually, okay. So there is another podcast I've been meaning to talk about, but it has been a few weeks since I've indulged in it. But it was my new favorite show until my dad wrote a porno came along. Uh, completely opposite end of the spectrum. Um, but our friend of the show, Drew Peterson, turned me on to it. It is More Perfect by Radiolab, or it's a Radiolab spin-off. I don't know if you had a chance, if you've heard of this, Sam? No, I haven't. It is a miniseries about the the Supreme Court and its history and how it came to be and how its role has changed, you know, over over its lifespan. 
Does it involve erotic literature? It does not, sadly. So, you know, keep that in mind. It is fantastic. It is like, it's it's really just juicy stories Mm. and the production is fantastic. There's a few little quirks they do, which get a little irritating, but all in all, like it is, you know, you listen to it and you're like, wow, like this is incredible. And the sound design, everything about it, you're like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. Uh, Drew actually made the good point of, contrasting that to the miniseries that reply all did um on the inside which i really enjoyed but you think about that and then you listen to one of these episodes of more perfect and you're like wow this is you know night and day difference but yeah you just see like the the level of detail and the production values and yeah just generally how the whole show is put together and you're like this is really quite special once you've had enough uh amateur erotic <laughs> literature uh have a listen to a uh very good show about the history of the Supreme Court. We're nothing if not diverse on this show. <laughs> Been playing any games recently? You know, I actually started playing Doom. This is a game I will never play, right? Because it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. And it takes a pretty high-end computer or a PS4 to play. Oh, thanks a lot, John Romero. I thought we were pals on Twitter. It is no longer John Romero, nor is it John Carmack. Um... But it is the original company. It's uh, id Software. Nice. I always thought it was ID as a child. but <clears throat> Yeah, me too. No, um, I guess id makes more sense. And I think the logo actually has part of a brain. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of going back to the roots of the original Doom, which is very visceral. And, you know, there's no fluffiness in terms of reloading your gun and all that stuff. It's just it has very similar gameplay as to the original Doom and Doom 2. Okay, yeah, that that was kind of the pinnacle of game playing in my short game playing career. If you actually pick up and play this, it'll feel very similar, just with updated graphics, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. And you mean there's actually 3D? So when you walk around things, they <laughs> the perspective of them changes? Totally. <laughs> wow, you've blown my mind with your fancy graphics. It's not like pixely graphics, but <laughs> what's really crazy is every level has a... Um, has a section of the map that's textured like the original Doom. Oh, nice. And so you have to find it. But once you're in there, you're just, it's kind of mind-blowing. Oh, that's pretty cool. But yeah, so I, I, I've just started playing that. I've, um, mm, I've wrapped up some other games that I spoke about previously, and now I'm enjoying this. I haven't really played many games. Well, no, that's a lie. I have been playing Super Stickman Golf 3. Mm. on my iTelephone. I actually picked that up as well. And I've been enjoying it. Again, this 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 hits all the uh, important things that I need in the game. Turn the sound effects off. It's reasonably turn-based, so I don't need too much skill. I can play it well on the subway. I'm enjoying that. Have you played the latest uh, Sensation? Uh-oh. Pokemon Go? I installed it, and then I realized I had to go outside. So then I uninstalled it. <laughs> don't make me go outside god <laughs> uh i think that's a good call i can respect that call but i know i'm in a minority and people are going bananas about it and uh it's quite i can i can i can see it yeah the it is the buggiest game ever but for some reason when it gets it right um you have these moments that are just so delightful there's a whole bunch of articles online about you know how you how it takes 20 years to make an overnight success <laughs> and there's been just some bananas things about this like 
Nintendo stock went through the roof and then suddenly investors realized that, wait, Nintendo didn't make Pokemon Go. They just have like a 33% stake in Niantic. Is that it? Is it Niantic? Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they actually have nothing to do with this game oh yeah it's, and, this yep, world is, like, oops, nope. is even happening sorry yeah. gonna take that back <laughs> uh pj vote from reply all had a nice i think he retweeted someone where much like when there was this craze about political correctness and you could replace political correctness so when there was a headline like some scaremongering headline with like political correctness is causing so and so and blah you know, replace the words political rep- correctness with treating people with respect. <laughs> and then mm. you suddenly go, hang on, this headline is complete bullshit. Uh, you could do the same thing for Pokemon Go. Replace the words Pokemon Go with uh, going outside and meeting people. <laughs> <laughs> going outside and meeting people is a threat to your security, to your safety. <laughs> you know? Florida man lost 20 pounds from going outside and meeting people. <laughs> right. There was a heartwarming story on um, ATP um, this week uh, that a, a a dog shelter, you know, was has always had trouble finding people to walk their dogs for them. Mm. Uh, but what they did was they advertised to people want to play Pokemon Go, but just don't want to seem like you're just walking the streets aimlessly. Come walk our dogs for us. Aww. And such was the demand. They actually started charging people to rent their dogs out so people could walk their dogs uh and then play pokemon go and uh i think they've actually there's something i this story at this time was unsubstantiated so this might all be a rumor but i would hope it's true but yeah people were then falling in love with these dogs and uh and adopting them so they've i think they they only have like a few dogs left and that's all thanks to uh, pokemon go that is amazing that's actually a really good story pretty cute i on the other hand have seen there is a set of pictures from imager my favorite mm-hmm. well image sharing well network. documented on the show <laughs> um it was a series of these people with that are um that have leashes on their dogs but all of their dogs are passed out <laughs> from from walking so much <laughs> obviously like all the owners are playing pokemon go <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was funny. I can't find it anymore, though. I tried looking for it. Oh, no. You didn't save it in your app as a favorite? No. Um, I can fave it, but I didn't do it. Oh, dear, Sam. Another thing is that Yelp now has a filter for restaurants that shows the Pokemon stops, Mm. which I think is amazing. So I've just done a little follow-up, and it turns out that Snopes have debugged the the dog shelter story. God damn it. There's nothing good in this world anymore can't believe anything uh, it's mostly false well thanks for making me feel all warm and fuzzy and then once again reminding me just how cruel the world is <sighs> right god damn it sees nothing good <laughs> although i must must think that snopes during this uh, electoral season must be working overtime that's true so there is a there's a margin of error yeah they contacted this dog shelter and it was true that they had uh had a Pokemon Go dog walking program. They never charged to walk the dogs and no money was raised by the program. Um, six dogs had been adopted. Many more still needed mm. homes. So there you go. There you are. For a second, mm. we had a heartwarming story. And then Snopes... It's still, it's still semi Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, my heart yeah. is slightly above tepid right now.
sometimes use Safari to like browse the net and <laughs> browse the net. Who says that? <laughs>